Hello, this is Susan. Hey, it's Melissa. Hey, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Kayla Gordon, Jeep Roberts, and Susan Bolio have started a journey, shaking loose from depression, addiction, and dissociation, and walking with more laughter, lightness, and love. They struggle with the same difficult feelings many of us have, but this is the story of their work to heal. They are acknowledging the traumas that were passed down to them as children. When we don't move through whatever it is that happened to us, it festers inside of us, almost almost like an infection. So as soon as we are able to start talking about that, it helps to open it up. So that's the first step. We start because of COVID-19 on the phone. There was a um, poster put out and so on. Jeep Roberts is a member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe, and he lives in the small village of Pine Point on the reservation. He's telling me about the day he heard about ACEs, or Adverse Childhood Experiences, from Susan Bolio. I looked on there, and one of the presenters was Susan Bolio. She's I know a Susan Bolio. How did you know her? How do I know her? My my dad knew her dad. We'd be out riding around, and he'd say, "Let's go over and visit all all of her dad." Huh. So that's you know knew her way back then. So he decides to go to the meeting where Susan's presenting. He really just wants to say hi and see how she's doing. He didn't plan to stay for the whole thing. Walked into the room, and you know, there must have been seventeen, eighteen women. Jeep's the only man in the room. The tables and chairs are set up in a big square, so walking around is a little tight. So he steps through the door, and he spots Susan. Said hi, come over, give me a hug, and so on. And Well, we, there's a chair right over there, and I'm going to walk all the way around to the other <laughs> side and furthest from the door. <laughs> she knew what she was doing. <laughs> That's why I wasn't really planning on staying, but I don't hang around and check it out. So Jeep sits through this session where Susan is presenting about healing from adverse childhood experiences. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Do you remember any aha moments? Um, at the time, I think everybody in the room was kind of just learning it. So we all took the test, yeah. you know, four tests and stuff. And You might remember from the last episode, there's a list of 10 ACEs written out like a test you can take. These are yes-no questions, like... Did you live with a parent who was depressed? Did you live with someone who was abusing drugs? Did you not have enough to eat? Did you lose a parent in divorce or death or jail? Did you live with someone who hurt you physically, emotionally, sexually? These are traumas. You know, when I learned about it and seen some of the questions on there, you know, like I was surprised how high I scored. So there was trauma in Jeep's childhood. But it wasn't all trauma. He spent his early years in the Pine Point Village, where he lives now. And he used to play outside all the time with his cousins and his friends. I mean, wintertime, we'd make our own sleds, you know, as far as a wash tub. Pounded on some uh, boards, you know, that were shaped like uh, skis, went around it. And um, I remember um, cars used to have uh, side, um, uh, what do you call them, uh, they go down the middle of the car anyway. They used to be made out of metal. They're made out of plastic nowadays and stuff. But then we'd tear them off and pound them as under our skis and stuff so to make the sled go easier. I imagine a group of excited little boys and girls watching their breath in the cold, crunching around in the snow, sledding down the hill. But when Jeep was little... 
four or five years old, there were also times that were scary for him. Some of the things went on in my life as far as, you know, the watching my parents drinking, fighting. I remember them fighting quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, bringing uh, the party home after the bar goes and so on. You know, people coming over loud, you know, two, three in the morning, waking us up again. I always remember uh, getting, getting my sister's brothers all in the same room and stuff, so I keep an eye on them and so on, too, so... So you were like five or six years old, but you were in charge of them? Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Wow, that's a lot for a little kid. Well, yeah. Now, Jeep and I have talked a lot about this. He doesn't want to give you the impression that his mother didn't love him. He knows she loved him. And neither of us is judging her for anything that happened. Jeep says his mom always had this saying, don't judge people unless you walk a mile in their moccasins. That's actually where we got the name for this series. So there's no judgment here. One night, when Jeep was about five, his parents got into a really big fight. His dad stabbed his mom. He ended up in jail for a while. Jeep's parents got divorced, and his mother moved herself and the children to St. Paul, about four hours away from the village. Jeep says he didn't want to go. I tried my best to stay with my grandmother. My grandmother lived close by and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandma sort of stayed neutral out of it. My Uncle Mike, though, was um, fighting to keep us. He didn't like the idea of my mom moving us. You know, he figured she would just move it to try to get people off her back and not take her kids away from her and stuff, so. In St. Paul, young Jeep was still in charge of his five siblings. Jeep's mom stayed home with the kids for a while, but then she got a job to make ends meet. She cooked breakfast for us. She had to leave before we went to school, so it was up to me to get everybody to school. And um, it was all right for about the first week or so, and then... Second week, uh, we were sitting there and um, we were watching the Flintstones and lost track of time. But just decided we were going to school that day. <laughs> the whole family, and, 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 you know, never thought of, they would find out. So then, um, you know, every other day or something like that, we would all skip school. And then eventually they did get a hold of her. I don't know how they did that, but they ended up quitting her job and so on, and yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. It sounds like you feel bad about that. Am I am I reading that right? Um, yeah, at the time I did. I guess I still do, I guess, because, you know, she was trying to make it better for all of us, and yeah, I messed that up. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. At the time, there wasn't space for Jeep to talk about any of this. I'm sure there was no room for his mother either. They had feelings, worry, fear, disappointment, loneliness. So where did all those feelings go? Hello, this is Susan. Jeep and I get on the phone with Susan Bolio, the woman who taught him all about childhood trauma in ACEs. Yeah. um, She says without anyone to talk to about all these traumatic events in Jeep's childhood, those feelings stay inside. When we don't move through whatever it is that happened to us, it festers inside of us, almost almost like an infection. These are the ACEs, or Adverse Childhood Experiences, that showed up on Jeep's test that day in Susan's training at White Earth. 
Losing his dad when he went to jail, being in charge of his siblings when he was so young, moving so far away from family. And again, Susan says, if Jeep or his mom had had people they could lean on, even if they couldn't help, it could have made a huge difference for the whole family. Supportive relationships help us to be able to buffer what's happening, to be able to work through the difficult emotions that are coming up, and to be able to release that energy so we don't carry it. This is especially true for young children, because Susan says, as a young one, no matter how hard you try, your brain and your body are not developed enough to handle it all by yourself. Jeep's mom couldn't be that buffering adult. And again, he says, it's not because she didn't love him. He remembers all the things she did for him and his siblings. One thing I always remember down there is my mom always had supper on the table for us. Huh. That was one thing. We sat down as a family to eat at the table. After that, a couple of us did dishes. The other half to do schoolwork. And then it was time to go out and play after that. But she always took good care of us, you know, fed us. It sounds like you loved her a lot. Oh, I did. Still do. She's actually buried up here in Pine Point. And um, I just went over there, checked on her grave, and she's been gone 23 years, actually. So it's been a long time. Mm. Susan understands. I mean, my dad talks all the time about my grandma, how she was just like the best cook ever. She could cook anything, muskrat, didn't matter, like whatever, you know, like she could cook it and it was amazing. And, and so really being able to try to show that love how they could, you know, by providing for our physical needs, by cooking big meals, but not really knowing how to connect emotionally because they were so disconnected from even themselves. They were disconnected from themselves because of the trauma that they had experienced from the widespread repression of Native people, including the abusive boarding schools. For Jeep, without that emotional support and connection, he began to drink. He started when he was 15, and he drank heavily for nine years. You know, what I understand about addiction, any addiction, is that there's like a point where you're drinking or using drugs for some people, and you like the feeling, but then you stop liking the feeling but you can't stop doing it. Oh, yeah. Was it, was it like that for you? It sure was. I mean, especially, you know, um, I always remember one time I was in my car and woke up, looked around, and there was woods on both sides of my car. So I was out in the woods somewhere. I was still on the road and um, turned my key and it started, threw it in gear and went. And, and uh, yeah, you know, things like that happening and, a lot of fights, uh, fighting my best friends, you know, we were drinking together that night. You know, went from, I mean, having a good time at the beginning and then by the end of the night, you're, you know, you're fighting each other and so on too, so. As Jeep describes his life during this time, I begin to think that the chaos that came with his heavy drinking is similar to the chaos he described as a child, the loud parties and all the fights. And I think, that's what Susan means when she talks about trauma getting stuck in the body. When we grow up and we're sort of in these certain emotions all the time, that's what our body gets used to. Our brain is producing the chemicals. The adapts. Right. And that's what is familiar. And so as we get older, 
we will tend towards people and situations and ways of thinking on our own that will perpetuate those same feelings. Jeep lived with a lot of chaos and violence as a child. That's what his brain and his body were used to. And he recreated that life for himself as an alcoholic for nine years. It wasn't an intentional choice. It's just what his system knew how to do. But when he was a kid, he also climbed trees and built sleds with his cousins and ate dinner around a table with his mom and his brothers and his sisters. So his body knows how to do that, too, to be happy and grateful. Susan says getting in touch with all these feelings is how a person begins to heal from trauma. What we're trying to do is reconnect to our emotions, reconnect to our spirits, and remembering that to stay connected, we have to be willing to feel. And that includes, like, the whole range of feelings. Jeep has been sober for 33 years. It's a huge accomplishment. And he says it started when he realized his life was in his own hands. And as an adult, he was going to take charge. I learned that I'm, I'm the one that makes the choice. So it's up to me whether I must stay sober or not. So. And he says he has buffering adults all around him now. I, I've got quite a few friends that are counselors, psychologists, I used to get free advice quite often. (laughs) (laughs) And now he's trying to give his grandchildren a different kind of life than he had. Think about my grandkids and even my daughter, I think. You know, I never wanted them to have to have that burden, I guess you'd say, of growing up so fast. Next time, we hear about how Jeep is doing things differently for the next generation. Join us next time. Jeep, I so appreciate your openness. I, I hope you feel comfortable with the questions I'm asking. Oh, yeah. This is such a gift. Pretty good. Um, I think it'd be better if we're doing it face-to-face, but, I mean, yeah. it's a matter of time we're in right now and stuff, so. I know. Yeah. COVID. This is A Mile in My Moccasins on Niji Radio, serving the White Earth Nation. I'm Melissa Townsend. Shimigwech, and thank you to Kayla Gordon, Chief Roberts, and Susan Bolio for sharing their stories. Kim Lage, KJ Henschel, Maggie Rosu, Leah Lem, and Aaron Warhol for editorial contributions, and Dan Luke for some of the music in our series. Programming is made possible through a grant to the White Earth Land Recovery Project from the Minneapolis Foundation Catalyst Initiative, and with support from Ampers, Diverse Radio for Minnesota's Communities. To hear more episodes in this series and to learn more about collective trauma, ACEs, or adverse childhood experiences, visit whiteearthhealing.org. That's whiteearthhealing.org. Take care. <laughs>